Welcome to Clearing the Queue with Alex and Matt. Here's how it works. Each episode starts with a friend of ours signing into their Netflix account. Together, we scroll through their queue. Ultimately, we find a movie that's been on there a little too long, and we watch it together. The best part is that every queue is unique, so it tells a story about the person. Here's a question. Are we going to record ourselves talking about the movie during the movie? No, 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 no. This is not Mystery Science Theater 3000. It's uh, Clearing the Queue. A Netflix podcast. <laughs> Live in the studio, we have our friend Brian Bender. Oh, hey. That was the first time I ever heard your first name. <laughs> it's mostly unnecessary. I mostly call you Bender, and I was thinking, like, I'm looking forward to your second appearance on the show, because we can call it Return to Bender. Return to Bender. Bender's game? Uh, sure. There we go. Keep it coming, kids. Yeah, should we do well, it? No, I mean, I was really going to, I mean, <laughs> I, I was going to ask you, because I would ask you this, even, I mean, we've we've met a couple times, but do you, do you resent, or in your life, the the Breakfast Club, John Bender, was that was that something that like saddled you? You know, interestingly enough, honestly, this we were talking about the division of age with ET. This is another thing that I off use off mic, off pod, off pods. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, casters. Uh, this is another thing that I use as a, a very useful metric for age, mm. because if people don't know what the fuck I'm talking about when I'm like, don't you? Then like they're fully going to be talking about Futurama. Ninety nine percent of the time, it's Futurama. Wow. Yeah. Which, do you like Futurama? I mean, it's cool. Uh, I mean, I'm not like if a, you liked Bender. If you liked the show, then that would be great. We are of such different personalities that that like whatever it is that these people like about this drunk robot probably won't carry <laughs> over, except for the fact that we share. Do this you know what his full name is? Bender Bending Rodriguez. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah, it's really funny. I mean, <laughs> the show is really good. It's. It's so different than The Simpsons. We should sure. actually ask Izzy if he oh, yeah. uh, approves of the Futurama. I think I think he said, like, yeah, it's good. I think that's the extent of it. I think he likes it, but it's not The Simpsons. That's that's what I'm saying. It's, yeah. Futurama and, is, like, people that, like, six feet under, but, like, not The Sopranos. I love The Sopranos. Not a six feet under fan. What, what do those two shows have to do with they each other? They were early, good HBO shows, but, oh, okay. like, they have, like, a lot of the same fingerprints, but they're so different. Mm. And, like... I don't think Simpsons totally transfers over to Futurama. Right. And it's just, I don't know, that was the first thing that came yeah. to my head. <laughs> no, so I'm like riding it. me bogged now. <laughs> I like it. We'll come up with a better comparison. Well, what's funny is, like, you probably know exactly what network every show is on. That's one of your things. Like, you know what an HBO show is. You know yeah. what an NBC show is. Yeah. And I kind of don't, so I'm like, there was one that... There was that show about that mob and that show about that funeral parlor. Mm. I'm like, I don't get it. What's the connection? You're like, fucking idiot. They're HBO shows. Oh, yeah. That's the connection. Yeah. The thread. That makes sense. They were like the first wave, too. Like yeah. the first like wave of like the new Renaissance era. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, The Sopranos and The Wire kind of like have now given us Stranger Things mm-hmm. and whatever other wonderful Netflix I'm shows. seeing a lot of buzz about Stranger Things. Dude, I have to I say. I got a hard sell. You know I like hard sells. I got you a hard love- sell Should we do today. the Popkin hard sell? Oh, no, you haven't seen it? Well, we can have him give us a hard sell. The Bender hard sell? It's a new sort of bit I was pitching to Maddie. I love hard sells on anything. All I ask is that you give me your hard sell. Maddie? I prefer Tainted Love. I'm more of a soft sell guy. <laughs> oh! <laughs> and me, I'm going back to Motown. I'm going to go for the original. If you ever heard of Oh, Motown the original version? Tainted Love. That's right. Yeah, I got yeah. it. Got what? It. Hold on. It's a fucking Motown song. Yeah, it's 100% a cover. Yeah. 
What the And the fuck? 80s just imploded. <laughs> Hold on, we need to get another picture of Alex's expression. <laughs> Learning that. Sorry, I didn't mean to rock your gestalt on this podcast. No, I mean, the only other one that was that crazy to give me... me that, give me that look. ...was uh, finding out that Natalie Merchant and the 10,000 Maniacs didn't write Because the Night. <laughs> I have a great Natalie out. Merchant story that I'll share with you later on if you want. Yeah, it's great. How about now? Uh, or off air, off cast. Yeah, well, the the names Natalie, will be changed. We should protect <laughs> Natalie. We want to protect yeah, Natalie. She's a lovely her. person. We've done some work together. We know that. Yeah, I mean, the world knows this. She's a flower. <laughs> yeah, she's a great. She's a tiger lily, specifically. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's early, and the puns just keep rolling in. And not only that, but the ones that define our age, it's like a high bar. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, hard sell. Do you want to get that? Oh yeah, talk to us about Stranger right. Things. So. Well, I mean, I hate to just keep making this about our ages, but it's a kind of period presentation in the way that Mad Men is like a period piece Mm -hmm. that has not yet been done well. And especially if you're a fan of like Stephen King, like that version of 1986, then it's the year 1986, the year 1986. Yeah, Mm. it's fucking brilliant, man. The writing is great. Winona Ryder is in it. Mm. She's great. The kids who are cast are amazing. I like I looked I even looked up the kid that has no front teeth. He was like in Les Mis and shit. He's fucking great. And uh yeah, it's cool. I mean it's like Is this a, something you and your lady can I tried, but you know, she's pretty sw- soft and sweet. And then it, what do you do when you start to like like I'm an episode ahead, I'm two episodes ahead, I'm not looking back. Yeah, we I that basically I fucked that up. Yeah. So there was some conversation about like going back and rewatching it together. There always is. There has to be. We'll see. I think that's it was... the bedrock of of marriage in the modern era. <laughs> exactly the <laughs> bedrock of the queue. Yeah, like oh, I'll rewatch this bit of Daredevil. It's uh, it I... has taken every bit of self control for me not to jump ahead in Daredevil. Hannah and I have been watching it together, and it's taken us about four months to get through season two. I was gonna say because that should drop like yeah. six or eight months. But here's what, what's actually secretly cool about that is like. The next season will come around. Like you might not have to wait too long true. if you just sort right. of pace yourself. That's true. Beautiful. All right. Thanks, Hannah. Yeah. Well, Slow so yeah, it. the hard sell. The hard sell is that like if you have any amount of '80s nostalgia, or any amount of like love for synthesizers, or any amount of love for like alternate universe parallel reality. Then like you'll love it. How about Winona Ryder and when yeah, like if you like I'm, I said, you're I'm four for four on reality that, bites. So. Yeah. All right, I'm in. Good you hard sell. It. Thank you. Well, without much further ado, you're, you you're you know you know how you know the drill, right? I know the drill. All right, well you know what's coming next. You know what's about to float float your way, mm-hmm. rustle your way. <laughs> oh, this Kevin is the foreplay Stacey. portion. <laughs> this is the bag from American Beauty, the, the plastic bag. This is how our listeners get to know you. We cut cut you deep with a question. Now. We've got questions inside that bag. You pull one out and read it. Straight to the quick. Yeah. All right, I've got one. Okay. What is the one movie or show that if a stranger said they were obsessed with, you would know that you would immediately become friends? Hmm. Off pot, I alluded to this very question. Wow. <laughs> when you were talking about... Uh, Pedals? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Music exactly. Pedals. About how you and Sasha yeah. became friends via pedals. Gosh, there are, this is a tough one because there are, I'm like a fucking sponge for media and like jokes. And you you okay. know, like my humor is. It could be something deep. It Maybe it's something deep. Deep cuts. It could be Maddie's very deep cuts. Maddie's some random MTV show <laughs> that no one's ever heard of. Dead at 21? Nope. <laughs> Got me there too. Jeez. Um, 
don't be afraid to go a little more mainstream uh, if you want. Yeah, okay. I mean, like, I'm trying to give you, like, a clever seaside so that you're at a party, you're at a mixer. You were so, at, at a wedding last week. I was at a wedding last and week. And I didn't ask you if it was one of those weddings where you're like, oh, I don't really know anybody here. It was definitely one of those weddings. <laughs> oh, well, then what movie would someone at your table have said? And yeah. you're like, oh, we can become friends. Oh, Are you like this? Cool. You know, right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to limit that to something that I watched on that trip also, which is an old fucking favorite of mine that is frequently lambasted, which is David Lynch's Dune. Wow! Whoa. If you were down with Dune, I would know that we could be we could be down. I've never seen it. It's so bad and so brilliant all at the same time. Like in the first fucking scene, it's one of those science fiction movies that has a woman at the beginning speaking like this, giving you all the exposition about the world that you're about. And to this be was in. a choice, someone's choice. And like she's like she like fades in and out of the frame inexplicably. Like, they were just like, let's just, like, mask her so that she disappears yeah. into the universe for a I have only seen Twin Peaks, and that's mm. all I know of the Lynch catalog. Right. Uh, and I liked it a lot. And I like synthesizers. Check. This, I mean, fucking Brian Eno wrote the theme for the movie. Mm. It's great. I don't even quite... Is it about an alien race? I mean, could you just... Like, oh, yeah, how much do you want? <laughs> I mean, uh, elevator pitch. Okay. Right? The elevator pitch is that there is a very active... Uh, cased system in the universe that's yeah. interplanetary, right? And it's all run by these very powerful houses. And it's all centered around this one planet called Arrakis, which is the only world in the universe where this one very powerful spice is made. And this spice is used in international trading, like interstellar trading, because these people take it and become addicted to it and become these people that can, like, their bodies fucking mutate and all this weird shit. But they can fold space and time in order to, like, get fleets from this corner of the universe to the other corner Jesus. of the universe. Yeah, it's great. And so then in the process of this, um, at the beginning of the movie, the, the our, our hero, McLaughlin, naturally. Sorry, we, we reached my floor. I got to get off. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got to get going. So, yeah, it's about spice and war. I and, can't like, believe it's about family. spice. Yeah. I really, when you said that, the spice. I mean, it seems like it's a little bit like that familiar cool Game of Thrones-ness to it, too. Like, houses. Totally, and yeah. It's a political... Lineages. Yeah. And, hmm. Interesting. I'm intrigued. I want to know more about Dune Lovers. I mean, I'm saying. It's a great, great movie. It's a Would terrible movie. Would you go to a movie. Dune convention? I would definitely not do that. Okay. <laughs> There's something very specific about the film, also. From I've been on a big 90s movie kick rewatching lately. Like, rewatching Jurassic Park... Just movies like that that are like so fucking oppressively overlit, like oh, coming wow. to America. <laughs> I didn't like, think you were gonna go there. Yeah, yeah, like '90s movies, you know. Um, and if you're into that, like movies that show a particular kind of filmmaking from an era, like Dune is an incredible example of that. Also, because it's all practical effects. No, I'm excited to see your cue. I'm excited for you to talk about practical effects because <coughs> you probably know what that means. Yeah, I don't. Oh, you don't know what practical effects is? Does that mean not CGI? Correct. Yeah, it's like, so like in Back to the Future 3, when the train at the in, was flying off thing, that mm -hmm. was like miniatures. It wasn't CG. Tra there were some like... Some, it I was like a know. little train set? It was a tiny little train set <laughs> and macro photography oh. and they do crazy shit to make it look right. Yeah. Um Batman Returns was all that stuff with the 
Gotham City was all miniatures and city, like all that Burton stuff. Like mm-hmm. that was his fucking. That's his thing. He was a maestro of like yeah. practical hmm. looks and totally man. And um, like it's the same for Dune. Like all the sets are incredible. And then there's the like sort of air like homage to the Ray Harryhausen era that had just gone by with like huge like set paintings and shit like that. Do you know who Ray Harryhausen is? No idea. The most famous uh, stop motion animator. Of all time. He built the armatures like the for Clash like of the, the Titans and shit. What is he, like a pie? He's like the Thomas Edison of like... Yeah, he's... Oh. he's stop motion animation. Fucking Jim for Henson movies. for armatures and shit. That's huh? better. <laughs> <laughs> this is my floor, you guys. That's your <laughs> elevator pitch for <laughs> Ray is, Harryhausen. Okay, then who is the Seth Green of stop motion animation? Seth Green. Mm, I asked that backwards. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I'm excited to see this queue. Yeah, so I, you're signed into the queue. Yeah, um, knew my password and everything. I yeah, did, on the I first did all try. my homework, you guys. I'm so impressed. So I want to point out the first movie. You got a, you have a bunch of, you have all of the TV shows that should be on here: mm-hmm. Arrested Development, Louis, Mad Men, Black sure, Mirror, sure. etc. Um, the first movie you have on here is The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. You're welcome. <laughs> Are a, you a wrestling fan? I, I mean, you know, when I was like six, but not not actively anymore. Not but... anymore. What about like even the like the Stone Cold resurgence? No. Just like... The... Classic nine-year-old Batman undies, Jake the Snake, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Oh, yeah. The, it was H- so not quite Jim The Undertaker? Duggan. Oh, yeah. Undertaker, sure. Yeah. Before pre Paul Bearer split, Brett the Hitman Hart naturally in the Hart oh, Foundation. Great, yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, that just came up like last week when I was doing a little bit of manscaping for this, uh-huh. and I was like, I'm gonna fucking watch. Can you permit show. me a quick tangent? Did you see the movie The Wrestler, the one that came Absolutely. out? Absolutely. Did there The Wrestler was good. I mean, and it was that dude. What's his name? Mickey uh, Rourke. Mickey Rourke's comeback and all that. Yeah. I didn't like it because there was a documentary called like wrestling beyond the beyond the mat oh yeah where jake the snake is is uh, like it's like a three-part thing following different wrestlers through like the dark days literally the wrestler story and it was so good and so accurate that the wrestler just felt like oh this is just that it's like the reason you don't like biopics it's like Mm. the real thing's probably better ah yes so i don't know if you've seen wrestling beyond that Mm. but jake the snake was in it and he was a feature and like it was this whole thing about like how his like daughter and his life had fallen apart and like all this crazy stuff i I figured jake the snake has like a fucking rock bottom moment you know like there's definitely like the second act in the doc is gonna be like damn and i don't want to turn this into a big wrestling thing but this is one thing i never understood wrestling needs an off season it doesn't currently and has never had Mm. an off season Hmm. it's just 12 months of pay-per-views and craziness and concussions yeah and it's never enough i never understood why when would you do it? When, if you had to pick like a nine-month wrestling season, which would be the three-month off-season? Uh, it would probably run along with and the NBA because it's indoor. You can you have to kind of do that shit indoor. So you'd go like September to June or yeah. whatever. Yeah, like school. June would be an outdoor like big event like WrestleMania could be held outdoors or something. Yeah, let's let's get them on. Let's call fucking WCW right now. <laughs> <laughs> they were bought by WWE. Let's call F- WCW F- ten then years ago. WWE. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I still think of it as WWE. Oh man, I love talking about wrestling for some reason. Well, unfortunately, we're gonna have to move on. But <laughs> okay, I'm, that that could be an interesting movie to watch. I'm curious. So speaking of wrestlers, the next. Mm, <laughs> I think this is gonna work. I think this is the name of a wrestler. The next movie you have on here is The Sting. 
Oh, it is. Oh, actually, sting! With, without the definite article. Well yeah. fucking done, yeah, yeah, dude. I like that Thank segue, you. though. Well done. Yeah. 1973. Classic. I've never seen, seen it? it. No. Hole in my pop culture. It's, it. I mean, it's Paul Newman. Yeah. And Robert Redford again. Yeah. And we almost saw The He's Hustler. He's got The Hustler on here as well. Oh, They're we almost the saw list. The Hustler a couple weeks ago on, okay. a, on a CTQ. Why are they on there? Just classics? Yeah, you know, you gotta, like, listen to Miles Davis Who are you sometimes. trying to impress over here, Bender? <laughs> no, these, these were not Manscaped whatsoever. No, no. This is For some... our listeners, Manscaped is a, a term that now means doctoring of the cue. <laughs> to make your penis look bigger, yeah. Your brain penis, basically. <laughs> I'm just trying to make my pop culture look huge in the mirror. I mean, one of the most fun things about you that became clear like when we first met uh-huh. was the terminology you use and the sort of like invented vocabulary and also like you and i share a love for the portmanteau totally yeah that is un- unprecedented yeah meaning like the combining of two words into one new word mm. we might get to some of those later like right. brangelina exactly exactly oh great great. i'm just walking around basically what matt is trying to say is that he and i are both just walking around all the time making references to brangelina as much as is possible yeah and batfleck (laughs) i am batfleck um cool all right so i mean listeners know it's gonna take a lot for us to get alex to watch one of these paul newman movies i'm ready for it i'm ready? ready for it i mean i just want to know what else is in here okay True to form, you have a Jaco Pastorius documentary called Jaco. That also, this you know, that just came on Netflix, and I figured we got to check it out. Sure. Who is that? Jaco Pastorius is the David Baker referred to him. As this the is third. my elevator. I got to get off. I'm sorry. I'm just, <laughs> kidding, just kidding. Electric bass player from the '70s, real good. He's like the guy that, like, if you meet a bass player, like, you can just go like, "Hey, man, so Jaco." And like he's like the bass player's bass player. And also you can use him as a litmus test for how far along they are in their own self-concept. You know what I mean? Because like yes. if you're like really into Jocko, you've got some growing up to do still. Yeah, it's the thing of, it's like everybody goes through that college phase where it's like yeah. you just want to be him. And then you learn like, it's not all about like how fast you can play the notes, right? So he's like the guy that everybody has to go through. Exactly. Because he had more technical facility than anybody. He was not in a, affiliated with a band? He was in a band called Weather Report, most famously. Don't know it. This is great. I like learning new shit like this. Yeah. Was there any sadness to his life? Like He got yeah, he died really killed young. by a bouncer because he was too high on drugs to be like, I'm actually playing here. And the guy ended up on, like Jocko was face down on the ground and the fucking bouncer was pounding his head into the ground. And he was murdered, thus, on his way to a gig that he was supposed to play at, because he was too fucking fucked age? up on drugs. Like, really? 33. 30, yeah. Yeah. So that's how the movie ends. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alex, the next movie on here is Blade 2. Ooh. I I kind of put that back on there, just because I've seen that movie. A, I own that movie on fucking DVD. Wow. That's one of my favorites, actually. Uh, And do you dig on the other superhero things or is it because blade is feels more just like van, it feels like its own thing it's not it is captain yeah. america it's not you know my best friend growing up his father was one of the people that was on the ground floor of tactical studies rules the people tsr who made dungeons and dragons so i was like a fucking deep nerd from when i was a child oh comic books and I dungeons and dragons and magic <laughs> the gathering the whole thing so yeah comic book movies in general absolutely yes but especially blade too did you see Blade 3? I did not. 
Trinity? You're not missing much. Yeah, no. you're not missing anything. I feel like Blade 2 exists in a kind of vacuum as this great mm, movie. It can totally, yeah. Yeah. I feel like you have gone on some sort of Wesley Snipes kick because you've got Rising Sun. They actually just put a bunch of like late 80s, early 90s Wesley Snipes movies on there that I really, really love. Have like, you seen this? I just rewatched it recently, oh, okay. in fact. Yeah, it's a brilliant movie, actually. Connery's in this? Yeah. yeah. Sure is. One of my favorite, favorite Sean Connery lines of all time comes from this movie also. when he Sean Connery is the like Japan expert. Mm-hmm. Like like Wesley Snipes is the like special liaison to the LAPD for Japan issues, mm-hmm. and then Sean Connery is the like dude who is the one higher version of that, uh-huh. and so they like get Connorson, you know. And uh, on the way there, like Sean Connery's breaking it down for the young buck, and he's like, perhaps you know, at a certain point, maybe you'll lose control, and I will say, perhaps I can be of assistance. And it's the fucking best thing that you can like. That's the the key to a good Sean Connery imitation, right there. Yeah. Perhaps I could be of assistance. 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 There's so many unnatural H's in that. At the end, whatever movie we watch, we're gonna have to give a star rating. Right. One of these movies is pre-rated. It's called Three Stars. Oh right, that's a the doc about El Bouyi, right? It certainly looks like a chef of some sort. He's wearing one of those uh, apron things and a chef hat. Yeah, you're slacking on your descriptions. I love it when what, you... What, me? Yeah. Oh, you want me to read the thing? I love when you do that. Oh. <laughs> Focusing on nine Michelin-starred chefs from three continents, filmmaker Lutz Hachmeister reveals the real business of cooking on the highest level. Why no. is this in here? I, you know, if if I had gotten the the, like... What's your juicy confessional about pop culture uh-huh. question out of the yeah. Kevin Spacey bag here? Then you would have found out about that. <laughs> I love the Kevin. Spacey. It's now the Kevin Spacey fact. This. this is what I'm saying with like your terms for things. It's so great. We're definitely calling it the Kevin Spacey bag. Yeah, I, I have a problem with that shit too. Where if motherfuckers aren't keeping up, I don't really try to make an effort. Either, <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I love that. <laughs> people mostly go along with it too. That's actually a really good litmus test for whether or not people are listening. Are listening? Yeah, totally. Well, I'm listening and I'm reading the cue at the same time. I'm multitasking. I love it. There's a lot of documentaries on here. It's, you know, an oeuvre in which I work, mm. so it's helpful to to check out. And then, you know how it is, like, if you watch one Wesley Snipes movie from 1992, they're like, perhaps you like this other Wesley Snipes movie from 1992. We're very familiar with that algorithm. We've tried to hack it with mixed success, <laughs> yeah. as listeners will know from the Q Beginnings episodes. Is there any particular, like, category of movie that you find yourself adding to the queue and then not removing from the queue? By consumption, you mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like when when Barbarella got in the mix, they mm-hmm. were definitely like, I was like, oh yeah, I want to watch gore. I want like G O R. It's like a bad fucking like serious D movie from nineteen seventy one or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, like cult movies like that. Ah. I grew up in a town with a great like cult video store oh. called Plan Nine from Outer Space. Go figure. Like all the movies were movies like The Sinful Dwarf and like Death Race Two Thousand and all that kind of shit. And I went through like a heavy time. Uh, of... We, me and Maddie, watched Pink Flamingos. Oh together. sure, classic. <laughs> uh, when we were youngins. Pink Flamingos is the with... one where Divine gets fucked by Lobstaro and does the Stations of the Cross, right? Also, well, she eats dog she, shit. She eats right. dog shit. Literal dog shit. They yeah. literally fuck a live chicken to death. Right. Oh Her yeah. Her son does. That's right. Which, that was where they lost me. Right. 
Oh, maybe I'm also conflating that with Mondo Trasho. That might be the one where... You could tell me anything is in that movie, and I believe you, because I've so blacked out that experience. That, to me, is the epitome of cult, like, what I've, like, totally. consumed. What is, it, what is it that makes you drawn to these... To these things well, where did you get that like did your, did your, did your dad get you into that not Friends? at all no I, like I said I think it was plan 9 you know like discovering weed on my skateboard at age 14 I was like yeah I want to see some fucking weird movie about some weird fucking shit like the, you're feeling your way around the world and is there anything you don't like genre wise um <clears throat> in general I'm not like a big horror fan though I have seen some horror movies that I absolutely adore Shining is not mm-hmm. you know obviously but also some like weird kind of like just shitty horror movies like do you know this movie called The Descent heard of it don't it's a great fucking movie it's about a group of women who are spelunkers Mm-hmm. And, like, the first half of this whole movie is all building towards this big reveal. And the mm. biggest, scariest character in the film is claustrophobia, which I was like, fuck Our this friend shit. claustrophobia. Yo, <laughs> I couldn't deal, man. And we were watching it late at night and shit. And, like, we're in the country. And, like, I had to, like, fucking turn it off and, like, go check Claustrophobia the is the one monster you can't see the zipper on the costume. Exactly. Alex, what was your introduction to claustrophobia? <sighs> what character... I know when I learned about what claustrophobia was, and it was because Storm from X Men was claustrophobic. Oh, <laughs> you know what? From the cartoon. Too. In the cartoon. I thought you were yeah. gonna say like, no. I'm like, I learned what claustrophobia was like when we made like a snow fort and it collapsed on me. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what I thought you were asking me. <laughs> Wind, crack the heavens. Um. All right. Well, I have the list. Do, should we read what we have? Yeah. We got the Jake the Snake documentary, which I forget what that was called. Um, but it's the prob- resurrection, the resurrection of Jake the Snake. Okay. We've got the Sting. We've got the, the resurrection H- of Sting. The Hustler. We've got the Jacques Pistorius uh, bass player documentary, uh-huh. which I'm very interested in. And yeah. then Three Stars, which was the mm, French. Yeah. We yeah. don't want to watch a cooking movie, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it looks like we've got the top four, which is Jake the Snake, Sting, Hustler, Jacques Pistorius. Do what your are you thing. Feeling? Get in his head. Get into his mind. Okay. Um, you do, this break is, me down, man. <laughs> well, we've got two documentaries uh-huh. and two old movies. Paul, Paul Newman so movies. So do you feel like watching a Paul Newman movie or a documentary? <laughs> wow. You just cut me to the quick again. Do you um, wanna, we, could, I, we could leave it to Rotten Tomatoes. If you choose mm. either one of these... Uh, Paul Newman movies or documentary mm. that'll narrow it down to two, right? And then we can let Rotten Tomatoes make the decision between those two. Got if it. If you subscribe to, to Rotten Tomatoes, got it. Yeah, I, I'm down. Let's do this. Great. Um, well, you know the 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 way that we used to handle handle it with weed before we had digital scales. All of us uh-huh. was whoever broke the shit apart. If uh-huh. you were splitting a bag, didn't get to pick the bag. Totally. So how about it's my cue? Yeah, you guys pick. All right, Alex. I want to see one of the old movies. I want okay. to finally do it. I, want to, I don't want to have the same meal, as Oliver said a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. I want to try something different. I want to get the quail legs. Getting chopped chilies on the animal style. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's good, by the way. Pro, what, pro what do you have to order? What do you say? Chopped chilies. Okay. Double-double animal style, extra toasted with chopped chilies is my order. Yeah. Class, it's pro move. Big shout out to Matt Shane. <laughs> um. I just have to admit, so I was going to try to get the Rotten Tomatoes for both of these movies, so I, I typed the Sting Rotten Tomatoes into one window, and then I opened another one so I could have them both open, 
And then as you were saying that, I typed in the Hustler animal style. <laughs> something now, else came up. Now you need to clear your browser history. <laughs> yeah, no, babe. No, no, no. That was a podcast thing. I wasn't... That's, I don't, I don't want to do that or anything. Um, okay, so the Hustler came out in 1961. And the Hustler... Alex... Do you want to give me a guess for its tomatometer? Tomometer? Like a 72? Okay. I'm going 87. That's a classic. 98. Bam! The Sting, which came out in 73. You guys want to guess this one? 96? Yeah, I mean, that's throwing up. I'm I'm going 95 just to be a Price is Right asshole. 93. All right. The Hustlers are returning cue find... As well. Yeah, we should just finally watch The Hustler. Watch so the you're, hustler. Clearing, you're clearing the QQ. <laughs> Let's. Yeah. That's we meta. literally are. Yeah, yeah. great. We're, this is the most meta episode we've ever done. Clearing the clearing the QQ. Yeah, I'm we're doing claustrophobic. it. claustrophobic. <laughs> the walls are closing in on Let's me. just take a second. Everybody take a beat. I kind of feel like we should call Oliver and see if he wants to come over and watch this movie. <laughs> That's true. He's going well. to be so proud. Uh, Alex, before the audience hears the trailer... And we go and watch the movie. That really weird trailer that we once watched before? Yeah. Before they hear that, I just want to know, on the air, are you going to fall asleep during this movie? Or are you committing to stay awake? What do we have for performance-enhancing drugs? I mean, I brought some weed. That will put me to sleep. (laughs) I've got Jolt Energy Gum. We could make coffee. coffee. We need it all. We need it all. All right, we'll do both. You guys are going to hear the trailer. We're going to do the hustle. is a hustler? Eddie, look, I've got troubles, and I think maybe you've got troubles. Maybe it'd be better if we just leave each other alone. You're hearing a rain check, and I know it. You're hanging on by your nails. Let that glory whistle ring out loud and clear for Eddie, and you're a wreck on a railroad track. Your horse had finished last. Now, don't make trouble, Miss Ladybug. Live and let live. While you can. You tell your boys, they better kill me, Bert. They better go all the way with me. Because if they just bust me up, put all those pieces back together again, and then so help me. So help me, God, Bert. I'm going to come back here, and I'm going to kill you. Well, we did it, guys. Yeah. We watched an old movie. We yeah. did. 
you pretty much would have had to tie me down in order to make me do that. that. Did that not feel like a lot of work for you guys? It felt like the longest movie that was ever made. It felt really long. It didn't feel like a lot of work. I was just kind of hanging out. All right, let's do the recap. Let's do it. The Hustler, 1961, is about a, a hustler. Named Fast Eddie Felsen. Maybe the first time anyone's ever called someone Fast Eddie. Yep. He is good at pool. Real, real good. Real good at pool. Not great at life. No. He's young. He lives in a train station, seems like. He uh, has a partner named Charlie. They try to take down Minnesota Fats. Played by Jackie Cleason. Who is like the best at pool. Which seems like Fast Eddie's going to beat him. And he's beating him. He's up a whole bunch of money. Then he loses it all. He gets too cocky. He gets drunk. He loses it. And kind of like quits pool. End of act one. End of act one. Enter the love interest. Uh Uh-huh. They meet at the bus station. They're both drinking in the morning. Both damaged. Mm -hmm. Both mutually attracted to each other. Her name's Sarah. Yep. Yada, yada, yada. Then uh, he gets propositioned by this, like, wealthy businessman who wants to sort of, like, bankroll him and his career. And through a pretty confusing sequence of events, Sarah dies. His love interest dies. Fast Eddie finds humility, builds some character. Goes back to Fats Dump, uh, Minnesota, Minnesota Fats. Minnesota Fat Dump. Takes him down and then takes his old manager down a peg or two. And then the credit, roll Verbally. credits. Is that what happened, basically? That's that's the movie. Whew. That was a lot of work. The that, recap. Yeah. Watching it wasn't that hard, but the recap was harder than it yeah, should Yeah, the essential nature of the conflict between the manager and Sarah is a little inscrutable to me. Yeah. Because, like, what the fuck? The manager was just trying So that's trying Bert. To... Bert is this manager yes, who always Bert. takes a cut out of all the... I mean, it's unclear... What these guys' roles are in general, they just get a cut. Like, what is he? What is he doing? What's it? He's a middleman. He's a gambler, right? Because, like, in the first scene, Bert ends up showing up when the word gets back to the poker game that he's at. That Fast Eddie and yeah. Minnesota Fats are going at it, and like Minnesota's down pretty considerably at that point. So then, presumably, Bert shows up to stake Minnesota Fats mm. in the same way that he does later in the film for Fast there Eddie. It was just. 10% hustling going on in this. Well, Maybe so less than that. At the it, the first thing that I wrote down during the first scene was the title is a spoiler. Because <laughs> in the first scene when you see Paul Newman playing, he's pretending not to be that good. And I think because we all are used to watching movies in 2016, yeah. we assumed there would be like all these levels of hustling going on and deception and, oh, it turns out that the whole movie was this long con. But no. Every character was exactly who they you and thought they were. Everything was straightforward. Everything was straightforward. There was no Shyamalan twist. I mean, I avoid these movies because for everything you just said, like everything is straightforward. And so when you go to something like this, you're literally doing like excavation archaeology and you're like taking the toothbrush over the... Literally taking a toothbrush. What do you mean? And just figuratively. Figuratively <laughs> taking a toothbrush and just... Whew, Blowing on the yeah. uh, the remains, and you're studying the remains, and you're doing what we're doing, yeah. and that's all well and good. It's not me. Mm. Um, I will say Paul Newman was pretty excellent in this. Yeah, I was mostly familiar with his salad dressing and <laughs> Wario's. Yeah, I mean he's got some great food products. Um, I've got some tidbits. He's colorblind. 
Interesting. Do you yeah. think that's why he did black and this white movie, movies? Oh, maybe. This movie uh, lost Best Picture in 1961. Ooh. It was nominated to West Side Story, which I have not seen. Hmm. But we're familiar with the musical. Sharks and the Jets. Mm. Yeah. It's really interesting to watch the movie from like the cultural perspective, too, because like, he straight up hits that woman in the film. I wrote that down, yeah. And that shit is like, okay, this is Best Picture. Totally. Hits yeah. a woman. I mean, yeah. He, he hits a woman, mm-hmm. and... If that was now, that character would just be a garbage person. Garbage person. But in this case, it's just, it's not even addressed. It's nothing. There were four, three, three black people in the film. And they were like all sort of servant Not sort of. Yeah, Yeah. Willie, the like (laughs) limping black man that took care of the pool hall. Yeah. The maid who was dressed in traditional French maid style, who yep. was like looking over Sarah when she got too drunk at the thing. Yep. And then the dude who was just even only fucking barely on camera serving drinks at the party. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. That was it. The two Oscars this did win was for best cinematography and best art direction set design, hmm. which feel right because that it was. was- the mo- it, some of the most memorable stuff. Yeah, it was a beautiful movie to look at. Like, just the the DOP did an incredible job. Mm-hmm. The lighting was incredible. Obviously, the film is super fun to watch, you know. This feel like a 98%? No. And I really liked it. And, I, and I'm guessing I liked it certainly more than you. And I don't know I don't know where Bender was. But I liked it a lot. But no, it didn't feel like a, a 98%, like an all-timer. Hmm. I mean, I feel like you can sort of just tell from the, like, pace of banter at this point where we're all feeling after having watched this movie, you know? Yeah. Like, we were joking about Dune and shit, and now we're like, wow, yeah, all right, we did it, you guys. Well, and that's kind of the pacing of, I mean, and one of the things that I like about old movies is things are slowed down, Mm -hmm. and, like, they breathe, and a character will say something. Like, there were all these scenes in pool halls that had, you know, 20, 30 guys in the room and only one at a time would be talking. There'd be no like background noise Nothing. going on, Mm-mm. and so like every line would really linger. Totally. And and then the shots they'd always hang on a shot for yeah, a couple beats longer. longer. And, and so that's kind of cool to be in. Yeah. But uh, it definitely put us all in a in a place. So there was a sequel to this called The Color of Money, which I haven't seen, where Paul Newman reprises the character of Fast Eddie. Huh. He mm. won Best Actor. For the same role, which is, I, I, I didn't get a list of it, but like when Sylvester Stallone was nominated for Rocky this past <laughs> yeah. year, it's like those are probably the only two characters mm. that have ever been twice like nominated for Best Actor for the same character, right. but years apart, mm. okay. decades apart. But my point is uh, just looking at sort of the description of the, it's Tom Cruise is in that. That, I'm very interested to see what it's like because they probably saw like, look, we could take all the cool parts about this, but like let's actually talk about more of the hustling part and like right. make it like a snappier eight go go eighties right. feel to it. I'm very interested to see what that movie's like. And does Paul Newman even know what the color of money is? <laughs> He's colorblind. I mean like in he a doesn't. theoretical way, but not experientially, <laughs> you know. Um, um, I'd like to start a tradition of giving out the annual what I'd call the annual Louis Anderson opening credit award uh named after the time that we watched um coming to america, coming to america and in the opening Dead scroll classic. when it when i saw louis anderson's name i went 
Louis Anderson, mm. which Alex called me out on because I have no feelings about him. I just got excited <laughs> about seeing his name. Alex later did the same thing for Dame Judi Dench in Chocolat. And we did for, what's her name, from uh, West Wing, You're that lady you like so much. Allison Janney? Yeah, she was in uh, the, the McCarthy. Pretty Ugly People. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, in this one, it was Jackie Gleason. When, yeah. when his name, yeah, that was it. That's what you did. You nice. Went, yeah, Jackie Gleason. Right. I would also like to point out the fact that Minnesota Fats gets second billing on the credit crawl and has no more than six lines in that film. 20 minutes exactly. I, saw, I looked that up. He had 20 minutes. 20 minutes? Yeah. 20 minutes of basically shooting pool. Of and screen about, time. about three words. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like, you do too, Eddie. <laughs> but his character is one of the most memorable parts of the movie. Yeah. I mean, I looked at him close to the end when he's like sitting there mooning, smoking a cigarette, getting his ass kicked and shit. And I was like, that is a fucking debonair fat man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I want to know. There's just so much more I want to know about everything mm-hmm. and like all these characters. Like, you know, I want to know what made this so groundbreaking. You want, yeah. I want to I wanna know what this sort of coined. Yeah, right. right. Um, I don't know what it coined, but I did find a pretty interesting article Uh that is 25 things you might not know about The Hustler. Okay. Is it BuzzFeed, though? It's moviephone.com. Okay, solid. <laughs> um, I'm not going to read all of them. Can you do it in the movie phone voice? <coughs> I don't know the movie phone voice. Think of Kramer. Think of Kramer and Simon. like, hello and welcome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Welcome to movie phone. <laughs> that's, the... that's really good. Do I, can't do, I can't do voices at all. <laughs> I'll do it if you want like, to do yeah. it. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> Press one if the most interesting thing about... Um, so I'm, I'm going to just go to the more interesting one. So number four <laughs> of 25 is when the filmmakers hired Newman, they unceremoniously dumped their already cast leading man, Bobby Darren. Darren's agent claimed no one ever bothered to tell him he'd been replaced. He found out from a fan while attending a charity horse race. That was like the equivalent of finding out on Twitter. Being at a horse race. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Rihanna tweeted at Bobby Darren. Motherfucker, I'm at the horse race again. I hate this shit. Wow. Um, the number nine, the realism of the film came in large measure from technical advisor Willie Moscone, an established pool champ who became Paul Newman's pool coach and who has a brief cameo as a stakeholder in an early scene. Stakeholder. Number 10, which is connected to that, Newman had never picked up a pool cue before taking the role, but his method approach paid off. He practiced for hours at a table at a New York girl's high school. Great. But they said for the trickiest pool shots that Fast Eddie had to make, you see Moscone's, Moscone's hands yeah, right. close up. There were definitely a couple shots, though, man. Like in that first He made big, a bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah. There was like a cross table bank that Which like. Which I was thinking about, like, if this were done today, that would be so easy to do. Full CGI. Yeah. yeah. So Absolutely, easy. Absolutely, yeah. So I'm wondering how many takes, like, like just. Totally, dude. If they on the DVD, it's just all the bonus footage is just missed takes. Yeah, it's like twenty hours of him trying to do that cross table <laughs> shot. Like, meanwhile, Megan Fox is like making masse tricks up on the spot. Dude, you so, know the masse. You know that term, masse. I do. I had I just read that for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Can you explain to our listeners what that is? Masse. Well, and maybe if you looked it up, you'll be able to give a more accurate answer than I am. But uh, it's the like trick shot world that includes a lot of heavy spin where like multiple balls go in the same pocket Uh okay got it got it yeah excellent yeah trick shots um we should rate this movie (sighs) on the netflix scale on the netflix scale so 
only only whole stars. We can't do half stars. Mm. One, two, three, four, and five. And you know, this is not a Q Beginnings episode. You have a Q, and Netflix clearly has thoughts about what movies you like and what you don't like. So there's, I feel like there's more at stake with this rating. Uh, I'm such a dick. I it's, it was a two for me. It's like I. It, Histor- I would I would put a caveat. Historical historical ramifications aside, yeah. impl- implications. It's just it's just a little. It's it's just work. It's a lot of work for a little pay. If you want to see a an all time performance from Paul Newman, if that's your bag, go for it. But for me, I'm gonna put tons of red flags when I tell if I ever were to recommend mm. this to somebody. Mm-mm. That's fair, man. You know, I mean, I think to be honest, for me, it's the same shit. Like, it's like it felt to me like the spiritual equivalent to doing like pop culture push-ups. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, you're like, all right, cool. You guys have a fucking thing. You're into movies and shit. Like, you gotta fucking check it out, right? Yeah. It's like it's like watching Zika Veritov movies or something like that. Like, all right, motherfucker. Like, he invented the jump cut. Like, we gotta check out the man with a movie camera. Are you now more or less likely to see? Uh... The sting. the sting. I would say it's gonna be not until probably the next time I see you guys that we'll watch <laughs> the sting for Return to Bender. Yeah, exactly. So I'll get an Elvis impersonation together and give it. I think for me three. That's funny. I was I was all set to give it four, um, until you just asked the question: Does this make you more or less likely to see the sting? And I don't want to see the sting. Right. Mm, but I did really enjoy that. And like, I do want to continue to see old movies. And try something new off the menu. Yeah, I like that. And this We is... need to be better, more selective. Like, we need to take Roman Hot, one of those like Audrey Hepburn ones, those romantic comedies. This got ones. 98% on your yeah, favorite website. This is like as safe as a bet as they come from <laughs> yeah. movies like this. I mean, it's like... not going to get safer. I will say the one maybe caveat there is that this wasn't a comedy. So for me, like if there was a black and white comedy from 1961 that mm. was rated 98 percent on Rotten Jack Tomatoes, Lemon, right? You already yeah, said I'm mean, Jack I, Lemon. Yeah, is my spirit Jack animal. Lemon, yeah, if Jack Lemon was there, then I'm totally on board. Right. Here's a Jack podcast spinoff idea: me. Lemons into Lemonade. We just <laughs> review. We just watch old black and white movies. <laughs> <laughs> watch Jack Lemon's whole catalog <laughs> go through it and just finds pull out silver linings we're yeah. gonna need a lot of Jolt Cola bubblegum for you I think <laughs> if you're gonna do that oh yeah I didn't fall asleep you didn't you fall didn't asleep. fall asleep no like, uh, ten, five minutes but I you was... fell asleep <laughs> <laughs> even with like mid movie though it was it was the part where they like transitioned to the Louisville thing and you're like where did this guy Bert oh, come and they from were like, the... where did Bert come from yeah, right. but then I would find out that it was just as confusing for you guys too no, it was pretty confusing. There were definitely there several were transitions things. that were yeah. pretty like unclear, like like the passage of time. Yeah, or like why <laughs> Chiggy showed up on the train with them. Like he was like, "No, nah, I'm out," and then like, "No, nah, all right, I'm coming." Or yeah. like they very quickly gloss over the fact at the very beginning of the film when they're leaving the bar for the first time. She's like, "No, I'm not drunk. I'm lame." Yeah, and that means like, oh, actually, oh, right, okay, crippled, right, according to 1961. Yeah, you know what? For all of those reasons, and for the fact that he just was a domestic abuser and that Nat was never addressed, I'm going to go down to three stars. Three stars. I'm going to give this three stars. Okay. Fuck old movies. Fair enough. <laughs> three yeah, stars. Yeah, but don't forget, guys, we're not a film podcast. We're a people podcast. Yeah, we're a people podcast. We're three, we're three dudes having some fun, eating some popcorn, 
watching some old movies. Yeah. And to that end, it was great. Yeah, and, yeah, totally. And by the way, Bender, I mean, we do have good news for you. You just got one step closer to, to clearing the queue. That was clear in the queue. If you have heard anything you like or know that we were just dead wrong about, you can email us at uh, clearingthequeue at gmail.com. Q is spelled Q U E U E. That's a tough one. And if your thoughts are funny, we'll read it on air. Follow us on Twitter at CTQ Podcast, Instagram at clearingthequeue, Facebook.com slash clearingthequeue. Subscribe on iTunes. Yeah, subscribe on iTunes. <laughs> I don't know how you do that. <laughs> <laughs>